Yo, you listen to Make It Make Sense. I'm Jacob. And I'm Tony. And on this podcast, we try to peel back the layers and explain some of the most pressing issues in young black America. Big fact number one this week. In 1910, at the height of black land ownership, 16 million acres of farmland, which was 14% of the total in the U.S., was owned and cultivated by black families. Now, in 2020, less than 1% of farms are black owned. Uh, That comes from Leah uh, Leah Penniman's Farming While Black, Soul Fire Farms, Practical Guide to Liberation on the Land. Um, We have been witnessing some disruptions in our food system. Um, what you think about that, Jacob? What 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 what's going on, man? Um, I think one thing that makes me think of is uh, well, I guess like hearing how all these black farmers, you know, lost a huge percentage of their of their land. Um, one of the first questions I wonder is um, where did it go? Who took it? And of course, it was um, you know, in large part, large and and commercial farms. And then now, uh, as someone who's not very like privy to the to the food system um and the supply chain i have uh but i have definitely noticed something going on during the pandemic from the farmers like draining their milk down the pipes um having to slaughter animals uh dumping produce also that the market doesn't like or you know so the saying that the market won't implode uh and so that and so the alternative to or you know so they're having to waste all this food and all this produce um, kill all these animals for for nothing. Um, meanwhile, we have people out in the streets who are are you know on the streets and waiting in line at food banks. Thousands and thousands of people. I know y'all seen those pictures of those long mm-hmm. lines. Um, for some, it can be hard to believe that's America. Uh, but you know we are we're out here wasting tons of food. Uh, meanwhile, we got people waiting in line um, to have food given to them. So it's like that. Um, and I think in large part that's probably due to the food system being so mm-hmm. large and it not being local, um, which really kind of pushed us to make this episode. Yeah, like I think people people keep kind of so people say, yeah, like you, what's going on? They're dumping dumping milk, they're dumping eggs, and they're like, well, duh, they can't just redirect their supply chains and logistics to meet the demands of, um, and that to me is I'm I'm always like dumbfounded. I'm just kind of, I'm you know like what do you mean they can't like we you know we have all this the the biggest baddest economy in the world the the, the most technology and the smartest people and all of this and we can't figure out how to get potatoes from Idaho or or, or the Midwest somewhere to Denver or L.A. or Seattle or Chicago. Um, that's you know like you know and and. and um, if you know, to, if if you're wondering why that that don't jive, it's because our food system ain't designed to serve you. Um, the food system is not designed to serve uh, me, Tony, him, Jacob, you at home listening to this. Um, it's, it, is, it is designed to serve big business, um, and so because our food system is is designed for big business, because these food companies, these 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 conglomerates. They are big businesses. Uh, they operate on a scale and on a plane um, that ain't concerned with you know um, me or you or your mama or your grandmama getting healthy food in their pantry. Um, you know, 
Your goal number one is to make money, yeah. and then goal number yeah, two, goal number two, three, three, four, four is to make right, sure people got right. food. Like, you, have you ever heard of the the Nancy Watermelon, Jacob? Uh, not no. What's uh, that? So I mean, you know, I'm I'm been, I'm trying to I'm an aspiring farmer trying to like do my research and do my homework and find out about all these plants and the varieties and what I can grow here and what I can grow there. Um, and I've you know been in my my, my seed books heavy. Um, and mm. you know, you read about the stories of seeds and how they've you know, especially with heirloom seeds where they come from. You know, they were passed down from this person, passed them to this person, to this person. They grew this for a hundred years. Slaves from, you know, all kinds of stories that come with these with, with these seeds. Um, but the Nancy watermelon is, is, is crazy to me because uh, apparently it's one of the best watermelons you can find. One of the best watermelons you can eat, bar none. Um, and they call it, I believe it's called a, a, a picnic watermelon or a family watermelon, something to that effect, because it's, it's not a watermelon that was ever shipped to grocery stores. So farmers would grow these watermelons and keep them for themselves, but they couldn't, they could never sell them to grocery stores or to the industrial food system because the Nancy watermelon uh, is notorious, I guess you could say, because it has a very thin rind. Uh, the green, you know, the part that you don't eat on the watermelon, really, really thin. So when they're putting on a truck or loading in the truck and, you know, rough and tumble, this and that, the Nancy watermelon don't hold up. Um, so there's, there's sensible reasons why, you know, um, the, the food system ain't connecting, but the farmers are not concerned with growing what tastes best or what is healthiest for you and me and Jacob, in effect. Um, farmers are growing food for McDonald's and for Walmart and for Wendy's and for uh, Golden Corral. Um, and in order to meet those demands, <laughs> in order to meet those demands, they have to grow the same type of potato for all of McDonald's french fries. They have to grow the same type of, of, of tomato for you to get uh, the Heinz ketchup that tastes the same, the same type of oranges so that you get that blend of orange juice that you get in your in your cup. Um, it's designed for efficiency and for and for a scale. Um, and now we're seeing the, the consequences of that. Um, and so we're going to talk to some people today, some farmers, uh, some some food service folks. Um, who will give us kind of a different perspective on how we can do this work, um, on what our food systems can look like, um, and how we can meet the needs of individuals and families. Um, gonna have a quick conversation, quick interview with uh, some of my favorite people um, that, that I met in the last few years, um, and it's because they work in food, because I'm, like I said before, a farm food nerd, whatever you wanna call it. Um, the first person we're gonna talk with is Ina McPherson, who is an urban farmer and a food justice advocate. Uh, she runs Tranquility Farm in Bedford-Stuyvesant, uh, along with a few other um, community gardens and farms around the neighborhood. Um, and, the, and Tranquility is interesting because it operates on land that was reclaimed at the height of gentrification in Bed-Stuy. If y'all know some about that, um, that that took a lot of, of organizing and effort um, and, and um, activist work on her part, but they got it done. Um, and now she works on the farm uh, to make sure that, you know, young people know about urban agriculture, kind of spreading that gospel. Yeah, th and then we also have uh, Isanet Bautista, who's the co-founder of Woke Foods. Uh, Woke Foods is a food service and food justice uh, worker-owned cooperative focused on innovating Dominican and Afro-Caribbean Caribbean, plant-based foods. Um, they provide catering services, dinner experiences, and food justice workshops that serve both communities and organizations. Um, yeah, the interview was dope. Like, uh, shout out to Tony for 
um, bring uh, Ethernet and Ms. Ina to, I'm about to say the table, but to Zoom. <laughs> yep. um, def- definitely learned a lot uh, and hope y'all enjoy it. Yep. Side of the dominant structure in the dominant food system. Um, and we can start with Miss Ina, since you're uh, the expert, resident uh, expert. <laughs> uh, we'll start with you. Um, how, how'd you get started with food and um, why why not in the, in the you know, normal structures of, of the food system? Well, well, first of all, thank you, Tony, for the opportunity. Um, I'm by no means an expert. I'm senior, but I'm still learning. I've been gardening since I was yay high. Uh, my background really is uh, uh, all my ancestors are planters. You know, my great grandfather who bought our property named Likewise Tranquility Farm. He started out as a headmaster on his, um, on his death certificate. He was listed as a planter. You know, so he went through academia and lived a beautiful life. And his death certificate listed him as a planter. And so I'm from a long line of, you know, agriculturists, I would say. And But I did not know really where the desire for growing food came from. And so, you know, I've been gardening my entire life, uh, mostly um, floral, mm-hmm. you know, garden swag and flowers, which is a great, good component of growing food. We didn't know it. And, and then, of course, my mom, she is a, a farmer. She, I could see her now, you know, planting peas at the, sitting at the kitchen door and threshing uh, peas to plant. And the stuff she plants, uh, planted years ago, mm-hmm. God rest her soul, feeds an entire community. So anyhow, fast forward, I come to America. I'm in the corporate sector and still growing in my backyard. And then I moved to Bedford-Stuyvesant 20 years ago and got involved, really involved in community gardening Mm -hmm. and still pursuing that floral uh, agenda. And then a couple of years after we started to really get involved in the garden, we were growing food and we ate enough of it. And there was so much that we ate and so much leftover. And, you know, hunger, um, food scarcity is, uh, is, is real in our community. And it, it, it occurred to me, why do we have all this food left over and it's just dying on the vine? So I said, you know, I'm going to glean this stuff. You all know what gleaning is. is a biblical term that refers to going in after the harvest and getting together what you can. Mm. And the first year we did that. We, we took to market about, not, I mean, we didn't have an affiliation with the market. I actually mm. took the, the stuff to our, our sister gardener down the road, Miss Fleet Farmer Jan, and I gave her the stuff. I said, you know, here, we got all this stuff. And the first year we did the first growing season, we, 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 we took a hundred pounds of food mm. to market. And at the end of the season, she actually wrote us a check. I said, whoa, I mean, really? 
And so the next year, so when I look at it, I said the first year, it was not intentional. It was just an idea, big idea. Mm -hmm. And the second year, it became intentional. So now we plant beds and beds. And we're in our fifth year of, you know, collaboration with her. And, the, you know, we do this on a small scale. We have, I would say, about less than 25 beds undergrowing. Mm-hmm. But still, we're able to produce quite a bit. And, you know, we support her food basket. She has a legitimate CSA that feeds a lot of people, a lot of gentrifiers in the neighborhood. But it's all good. And we're in our sixth year this year. And so, um, yeah, you know, I am very serious about growing food because we don't have the opportunity to be using public land to grow food that we're not eating and we're not sharing. And mm-hmm. it's just, it, it's, it, to me, it, it's, it's blasphemy. You know, I'm not a religious mm-hmm. person, but I'm a really conscious person. And so, yeah, um, it is important. The capacity that we have to grow food is, is, is so wide. And mm-hmm. everybody can grow food. Everybody. You don't have to be an expert. Everybody has a green thumb. You just have to extend yourself uh, learn Google. Go on Google. You don't even need to know what the plant is called. Just type in what it looks like, and a food will come up. You click on it. It will teach you care and how to really bring it to fruition. So um, that's my little story. In a nutshell, I went on a little too long as usual. No, that, that, that was funny. Thank you, thank you. Uh, Issa Net, can you tell us? So kind of, I guess not really on the other side. You you're growing food too, um, but also work. Uh, on the, on both ends with the, with with producing food and uh, and preparing it, you know, uh, feeding folks. Um, tell us about how you got involved with that. Uh, sure. First, I just want to thank thank you for sharing all of that. It's very inspiring, and um, not that I ever forget how young I am in this work, but it's a good good humbling reminder. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, I, I work in what people call food service and also um, farming, but I, I do more of the cooking piece. I'm still learning about growing and contributing to the, to the growing of food in New York City. Um, so I'm very much a baby farmer. Hmm. I, um, so I think my story has two, two sides. Um, on one end, I started focusing on cooking like plant-based food after I was living um, in the Dominican Republic um, in my after college in my early 20s, and I got sick, mm. and so decided to. Um, an elder in my neighborhood gave me this like remedy with like papaya seeds, garlic, and aloe vera, and mm. and a bunch of other stuff, and mm-hmm. and it did it did more for me than the antibiotics that the doctor had prescribed me, mm-hmm. and and so decided to think a little bit more about about my diet and how to use food as medicine. So that's how I started experimenting with plant based food, and while experimenting with with that diet, I found that there wasn't a lot of food that resembled um, the flavors I was used to eating while on the island and so that's how the Dominican plant-based situation started and when I I moved back to New York um, and started doing community organizing work specifically around racial equity and anti-blackness in Washington Heights Mm -hmm. and as we were talking about um, 
power structures and, and, and systems of oppression just had I had a lot of questions about like who has the power and found mm-hmm. that a lot of power was was held in land yep. and that's really what led me to farming and and then led me to attend farm school NYC where my first professor was farmer Jan and oh, she cool. taught us about like food justice and and all the different layers of that and she also brought um an ancestral spiritual piece that i had never really experienced in a classroom and so we would start class with like prayer and mm-hmm. movement mm-hmm. and and you know she would just be so so authentic and and proud of of the the black roots and the indigenous roots of growing food that it made me want to also explore further my own roots and um and so yeah i started doing research and and talking to my grandmother specifically that was a mm. lot of my research i just mm-hmm. asked them so many questions mm-hmm. <laughs> then mm-hmm. actually making an entire like family timeline but oh, dope. that's another conversation oh, wow, wow. Okay. <laughs> and in my my research just was like oh wow dominican food is is black food um we have dishes like sancocho that that is essentially like um it was a stew made with like whatever leftovers um, um, slave owners would give like, would give um, my ancestors like um, kidney, liver, and then also root tubers like plantains, um, cassava, and, and yam. And then we have like mondongo, which is tribe stew. And so there was like a lot of a lot of our cuisine came from from resistance, came from need. But there were yep. also a lot of culinary techniques like clostonis, yep. which is the idea of double frying that came from West and Central Africa or mashing or preserving with oil and salt. So there's a lot of culinary techniques that yep. came from from our from our ancestors from West and Central Africa specifically. And yeah, so that's essentially what kind of brings woke foods to be a marriage of of Dominican plant-based gastronomy and then also like political education in the right. urban environment that is New York City. And it's been cool. Now I work with my grandmother directly. So it's me, her, and a few other. Um, it's a pretty intergenerational um, food service and food justice cooperative. So thank you for sharing that. Awesome. Yes, dope. Um... Could, would, um, would y'all mind maybe going into, uh, I guess, a little more detail about what, how you're like working in the, how you're like working in food now, and, you know, how that looks like um, on the day to day, and how that is uh, helping, like, I guess, support the community that y'all live in? Uh, Ms. Ina, um, you, can, you can start. Well, yeah, um, the, the, the comment um, you sent it made about uh, food preparation. Uh, that resonates with me because I also cook on the side and I find that a lot of the stuff, uh, vegetables that we grow in the garden, uh, folks are really not that connected in how to prepare for it. I mean, I've actually had um, uh, people, you know, outside our culture that will come in and ask for a certain vegetable that they love collard greens. A lot of white folks love collard greens. A lot of black folks won't cook collard greens because they said, well, I don't know how to prepare it. And, you know, so I'll give them an idea and, you know, I will slip in. I said, put a little mesquite, you know, the barbecue sauce, heighten the flavor a little bit. And that resonates and say, yeah. So, you know, I said, you use all kinds of seasoning and build flavor. 
we also, yes, um, focus on our ancestral foods. We cook a lot of scotch bonnet, okra, kalaloo, two kinds of kalaloo. The Jamaican kalaloo and African kalaloo. One year, a woman passed by a doctor from Nigeria. And when she saw it, she said, oh my God, she called her mom. She said, hey, you know, I found Nigerian kalaloo, tete they call it. It was actually from Cameroon, a woman from Cameroon gave me keys through the fence at Tranquility. She handed it over. She said, it's from my country, from my grandmother. We planted it and it came up like, you know, amazing. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, um, I forgot the question. <laughs> what was the question again? How I got involved it in that? I think say say more. I mean, you, your day to day. So you work. So so the me and Miss Ena are connected. For for listeners out there, um, we she, we live down the block from each other in the same neighborhood. I was riding my bike one day and saw her in her farm, uh, and was like, "Yo, what's going on over here? You got chickens, you got beds, you got trees growing, flowers. Um, what can I do to help out? How can I get involved?" We have bees. We have bees. Don't forget bees. Yeah, you know they got a whole operation going. So I was, you know, what's going? What is this? And um, so say a little bit more about uh, about the, your, your, I guess, the day-to-day -day on the farm, but also about like the mentoring work that you do, you know, like helping other people. Get well, into yeah, this um, uh, my focus in specific is um, uh, to really emphasize to our youths, especially youth of color, the, our beginnings with agriculture. We've gotten so far away from, you know, urban ag. I, I mean, this is our movement, you know, George Washington Carver, the guy that invented the farm stand was a brother. Never got credit. And so mm -hmm. I want to really um, teach the young people coming in that it is possible. You can make a viable living. You, it's hard. Mm -hmm. Money is not important. It's hard for me to be saying that when, you know, mm -hmm. I've already made my life. And to young people say, listen, it's not the money. It's find your bliss and it's your purpose. And so I want to show the youths, you know, we have an affiliation with um, a, a local school in our neighborhood, all black and brown kids. They grow up over the years. I see them in the supermarket. I don't remember them, but they mm. remember their experience on the farm and showing them we grow certain vegetables. <laughs> I call it uptown vegetables. We grow arugula, we grow nasturtium, mm -hmm. we grow alpine strawberries, French strawberries. So when our kids come to the neighborhood, come to the farm, they can actually taste and experience what folks in Manhattan are paying a lot of money for. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, we try to um, impress on the youths and let them know that this is really um, agriculture. Everybody has a beginning in agriculture. Yeah, We just forget it and we look down on it. And if now, because of the situation that we're in, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. realizing and recognizing, we're at the forefront now of people looking to community gardens. This year, our entire system growing season will be devoted to um, donating all the food that we grow to the community. We're not selling anything this year. We're selling eggs. Mm -hmm. But um, the food will be, and we're trying to get other community gardens to tap in Gardeners are saying to me that <laughs> I'm going to learn to eat these vegetables. Can you believe that, that she, I'm going to name, we're not going to be calling any names here. She said, Miss I'm going to learn to eat these vegetables because mm -hmm. I said, I'm glad it's resonating now because people, you know, this is where the food system lies now. 
and the capacity mm -hmm. is there and we can all do it and yeah so mm -hmm. this is my focus is mentoring the youths the possibilities to show them the really really aspirational good works and good things that can happen in just growing food in this in an urban setting Oh, yeah, um, Miss Ina planted the seed literally and uh, figuratively. So, um, yep. appreciate that. Uh, uh, now I know you you definitely touched on how you like your journey, I guess, um, to how you got into working with food. Would you mind going in more detail about what that looks like uh, on the day to day, like the work you're doing? And then I believe you're saying you work with your grandma. Uh, so, definitely love to hear more about that. Uh, sure. So, uh, the business that I have is a cooperative structure so that means that all the workers are owners and um, it's a cooperative structure that cooperatives have been around for forever definitely mm -hmm. rooted mm -hmm. in the black south and also mm -hmm. just the idea of work, working collectively is just like indigenous um, practice both um, in the, what we call the United States now, but also like in the continent of, of Africa. And so my work is, it's a little varied. There's a lot of like backend work, a lot of organizing, um, calls, Excel sheets, because um, we try to buy our food from local um, community farms and gardens in the Bronx and in Uptown because we're a cooperative based uptown and so that means like we have to like do a lot of coordinating to figure out where we're going to get each thing because they're small and if we're like for example have a big order we have to like really plan ourselves strategically um and then that also means we also have to plan like where we're getting our our supplies where we're getting like our dry goods and seasonings we have kind of over time, we've only been around for four years, but like over the years, we've been able to build relationships with different um, suppliers that are POC owned mm -hmm. or black owned. And so that over time we've gotten better, but in the beginning, like it took a long time. And then yeah. there's also organizing things like compost pickup because our the commercial kitchen we work from doesn't do that. Mm -hmm. And so we have to like, call this um this is this bronx space cooperative called green fiend they they mm. do compost pickup and it's also owned by um, a black woman from the bronx and then um there's also sometimes i have to go and harvest the food um at the community gardens like i have to go get the tomatoes and pick the kale because you know community gardens are busy they have other yeah. things um yeah so <laughs> sometimes i do or sometimes our our food and land education um person francis does it because she's a farm manager i won the one of the farms that we work mm -hmm. at la finca del sur and then other things we do um we're right now we've been we before covid we were we were doing open houses because we were launching a plant-based food service and food justice training program to train um afro-descended women from the heights in the bronx between 40 and 70 mm -hmm. um, to come work for the cooperative because my grandmother was feeling lonely Dumb. and also it's just because they they should get jobs like, it's really hard usually like <laughs> all of our open our open houses we saw there was a big need because a lot of mm -hmm. people came and they were usually like people like my grandmother who mm -hmm. are home attendants don't speak english mm -hmm. um and and are great cooks because that's what they mm -hmm. do and oh. and and like wanted work that that paid them better um and then what else i mean also depends like with the season winter we're a little slower so we chill a little bit more um i do like having my own business because like it's flexible and it's a lot of like co 
community partnerships. So I appreciate that because I've been able to build deeper, more intentional relationships with people in like in my neighborhood. And then in the summers, I usually try to take like a month off to do some sort of like learning. Um, I really appreciate that you brought up bees. There was one, two summers ago, I went to Puerto Rico and I did like a beekeeping program. This past summer, I did a permaculture program mm -hmm. in the Dominican Republic. And so I just try to like take some time off to continue learning because I'm so new um, to the farming aspect of the work. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm hearing both of you all talking. I, we, this episode, you know, we wanted to have an episode about, uh, we wanted to have an episode about school uh, food for a while now um, and, and really get into um, some of the problems and issues. And I'm, it, it's funny that you all are saying a lot about the logistics and the behind the scenes um, that come up even for people who are working directly with food, people who are working like pulling the, the food out of the land or chopping it up and serving it. They're still having to do all these other, you know, these other tasks. Um, and especially, I guess, in light of, of COVID, um, we are seeing kind of this, this breakdown because the food workers and people in food service are required to do all, juggle all these different, you know, responsibilities. We're seeing a, a kind of a breakdown in the, in, the, in our corporate industrial food structure, um, and people are leaning a lot on um, on smaller local uh, agriculture. What for both of you? Um, I guess the next question, and the kind of so, so we can kind of wrap up. What is a problem that you saw uh, before COVID in the food system that still there? Maybe exacerbated. Maybe it got worse because of COVID. Um, um, a food, uh, 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 insecurity, something that was that was going wrong, and then what are some of the the things we can do? And you've mentioned them already. What are some of the things that we can do uh, to like reimagine our food system? Um, a lot of what we try to do on the show is like rethink and, and, and practice imagination. What do we visualize a new world looks like? Um, what does a new food system look like? You know, in light of. Uh, the broken food system before COVID, during COVID, you know, how do we go forward? Um, and we'll start this time with uh, Ethanet since we, we've been going to see in the first every time. Uh, sure. So right now, Woke Foods is doing a COVID-19 um, meal supply initiative. We, we're starting slow. Um, we partner with one organization, um, North Bronx Collective. And so we're prepping um, meals for, for the people in, in that in that collective mm -hmm. and that's actually being spearheaded by one of our chefs Reina so she was the one with the idea um and so I appreciated that she like had that idea and so we've kind of like just been running with it and figuring who we're going to partner with in the beginning mm -hmm. and so yeah that's been cool we've been getting a lot of support from local local farms I have to have, to have donated food like from Brooklyn from the Bronx mm -hmm. from everywhere from Randall's mm -hmm. Island it's been oh, cool. pretty dope, yeah. yeah. And um, I mean, a lot of things didn't work in the food system. First of all, because the food system was built on on violent violence and mm. racism and 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 forced labor. Um, one, because indigenous people from Turtle Island were removed from their land forcibly, and then and then and then uh, black and slave people were brought over to build it. So that's. There. And I think COVID-19 is bringing to light all the policies that were that aren't don't don't work for the majority mm -hmm. because it was built on on that type of violence and harm. 
And one of the things is I'm so happy that Whole Foods is not a brick and mortar yet because I don't know what I would do if I had to pay like $15,000 of rent during this moment. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate that, that and I also appreciate that, let's say, for example, um, we are in a commercial kitchen that is like nonprofit run. It's run by Hot Bread Kitchen. And so like they've waived our like monthly monthly storage rent and i'm just so glad that our, our business is so community based and so like mm -hmm. at a local mm -hmm. scale because we've been able to like support each other in these, yeah. in these small ways so that's one um and then i think it's a it's a complicated conversation um but i think the solutions can can come to fruition if we kind of just work together so I appreciate the efforts of like Soul Fire Farm, like the reparations map is really is really an amazing an amazing start. Um, I also appreciate um, a lot of groups of, of of Black American people working with Indigenous people from from the, the first peoples of of this nation to figure out like uh, like how do we move forward because yeah. I think it's really there where we have to start yeah. um, and. And yeah, and I'm I'm excited or I look forward to like following their lead and like letting them letting us know like what we need to be doing. Because even though I'm a black woman, I'm a black woman from the Spanish speaking Caribbean. Like I mm -hmm. can trace my ancestry. I have family in the Dominican Republic that if mm -hmm. all the shit burns down, like I can go mm -hmm. family mm -hmm. somewhere versus like people that like this is this nation is all they know. Um, mm -hmm. and all they can trace back to and so it's important to like follow follow those people in their lead where just to highlight something you said uh small scale support building resiliency i'm, I'm reading emerging strategy right now or finishing it so oh, yeah. <laughs> that's just like in, yeah, in my brain yes yo fractals yep. smallest yep. good smallest all like I really and that sometimes I don't remember that sometimes I forget like there have been moments where I wanted to like scale or replicate the, mm -hmm. the business or have been um, wooed by capitalism and so I appreciate like um, yeah just being in a, in a type of community that constantly puts it in my face that like there yeah. is a different way of doing it because there has it has already been done and there's a blueprint that we can follow and come back to yeah uh miss Ina, what um what what did you see was going wrong before covid what's worse now um and and what do we do about it you know where do we go i see our our our, our future really um lies in local locally sourced food mm -hmm. and how, what does that look like um we need support uh from our legislative side uh on the community base and we have the power of the people um, the corporations rule and they've ruined everything. Um, we need support uh, from our local uh, electeds too. Like something recently happened, they because of the pandemic, they suspended um, the collection of uh, composting. Mm -hmm. Now, I mean, that is so short-sighted. Mm -hmm. The situation we're in now is a direct result of you know the, the the catastrophe that's happening in climate change mm -hmm. why is it the first thing um our local officials could think mm -hmm. of is to stop composting 
really, I said, really, uh, mm-hmm. they really seen what they're doing. Uh, we're in the situation because we have really destroyed the planet, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's an opportunity to um, address and and slow it down a little bit. But so um, we need we need support. Um, Yusinet uh, mentioned uh, the dynamic work um, uh, Soulfire Farm is doing. We need support for groups like those. There are components in um, Grow NYC that supports um, indigenous um, farmers of color. This very small part of their budget, as usual, but it, the money's there, and we can we can um, you know uh, advocate to get support that there's funding for locally sourced food because even in community gardens, we do it on a small scale, but the, the potential is there for people to scale up and to cooperate because people really growing stuff. All the community gardeners, they all have um, a history in um, growing food from down south, from the Caribbean, from you know uh, diaspora. So yeah, the, the capabilities there and um, this um, situation, uh, pandemic, is now really brought it to the forefront that um, <laughs> a lot of, you know, the the antidote to what's going on is going to be uh, is focused on growing local, and people have to get away from uh, the perception that you can grow good edible food in a local setting. You can. Because the first thing most people ask me when they see me out there is, um, so how do you garden with, with all these rats? I said, we garden despite. <laughs> you know, and there are ways that we can mitigate, you know, the, the stuff, the deterrence of having. So yeah, um, uh, <laughs> I see um, a lot of people now going to realize uh, post-COVID that we have to start um, extending ourselves to grow even on a small basis and to mm. even support uh, the small scale efforts in our community. Mm-hmm. I love what um, World Foods is doing. I never heard of them, I have to admit, but then I see that they're very well connected in food justice. Um, you know, what Farm Yan is doing in our community is just dynamite, what she does with the youths and, yeah, and the way how she's combined growing with ancestral learning. I mean, I'm a disciple and it's, it's really important because it, it's simpatico with growing food and, you know, honoring our traditions and um, really yielding to um, our ancestry. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Absolutely that. Issa, you want to make one more point? Yeah, um, it's okay if you don't know about us. We're really small. We just started like literally four years ago and, and it's it's small it's very small so it's okay that you don't know us um and i should appreciate that sometimes businesses when it gets so big i'm like i like i like the tightness of it i like how local it is i appreciate that um i think something else that has come to come to the forefront is how many resources are actually available Mm -hmm. um not just resources at the local small scale um and how like we're really resilient and pulling things together but also like at at like the the government federal um city like there's so much money and i was like oh well we got billions of dollars to give away and it's like also this whole time there was Mm -hmm. money for for really like helping people Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. um, being better situations and it was just being like held tight which is not something I am surprised by because people like Farmer Jan and Soul Fire Farm and also my 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 mentor Heidi Maria Lopez they really exposed exposed me to like racial equity work and and um, forms of, of oppression and racism but I'm really glad that other people are becoming more yeah. aware of like how yeah. stingy this country is yeah. <laughs> and how there is actually so much abundance to yeah. go around multiple times. Yeah. Um, wow. Just, yeah, you got the last question, Jay. Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, appreciate y'all making the, uh, taking the time to, to talk to us today. Um, unlike, it seems like there's an endless amount of money uh, whenever, you know, these pop like what you were saying, Easton, then how there's, um, whenever we want to like create change on such a huge level, or it seems to be a huge level, um, we always hear we can't afford it, we can't pay for it. And now they're pulling trillions of dollars out of the air. So, you know, I, hopefully this becomes, um, hopefully this can expose that we can no longer take that as, a, as an excuse. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. But before, as we uh, get up out of here, to ask y'all is there anything you know people can do to support uh support the work y'all are doing right now you know any other any other organizations y'all feel like we should be um supporting not only uh right now as y'all are, you know helping make sure people are have food to eat during these tough times and um afterwards but just you know once we get through this and moving forward uh how can we do to so what can we do uh and what can our listeners do to support the work y'all are doing i, I want to take that um support your local community gardens Wherever the, whatever the jurisdiction is. Uh, Green Thumb is the number one supporter, but there are land trust gardens that are doing equally dynamic work. Connect everybody wherever you live. There's a community garden in your mm-hmm. community and that gate is locked, but you can unlock it. Uh, if there's the people there are holding you off, you go to Green Thumb, demand to get involved. And just team up with your community garden. It is a public resource. It's underused. And the potential is there for such, you know, big, big, big services. And so, yeah, um, connect with our local officials, um, talk them up, um, you know, uh, make sure that funding comes down. The money's there. The money is there. Uh It's just that it has to be dispersed properly in a really conscious way. Uh So, yeah, that's all I could say. Connect, connect, connect. Yeah, thanks. Uh, yeah, I would, I would agree. I would agree with that. Um, there's so much work happening. Let me try to remember. Okay. Um, Milk Crate is a coalition of different groups that are coming together to offer like seedlings to people for free, offering actual milk crates um, so that mm. people can start growing their own food that they rescued from some terminal in JFK and mm. and they've just been distributing that for free um who else um Tanya Fields with the Black Feminist Project she also has a farm in the Bronx support her um you can just google her name she's she's been trying to raise money for for a minute now um so what about a few Huh? What about if people want to find out about Woke Foods and they want? Oh yeah, yeah, to and then Woke Foods. Um, <laughs> yeah, WokeFoods.coop or on Instagram at Woke Foods. We're raising money for our COVID meal supply, specifically for the actual supplies because we've been getting a lot of food donations, but we want to get like um, like mason jars and like just more like more reusable um, food storage so that we can give um, a free hot meals to 
to individuals. And so we, we need to buy those supplies that we don't have. Um, we also need to um, pay for gas so we can go get the food. We also want to yeah. pay our, our cooks because there's only yeah. other time right now. So things like that is what we're going to be using the money for. Uh, so you can just go on our website, wolffoods.coop, C-O-O-P. Um, and there's a, as soon as you go there, there's the learn more or donate as if you're ready. Work. That's your homework, people. Um, Power to the people. We have the we have the capabilities, and we can get over. We will get over. That's it. That's it. Well, thank this. This was we. This is these always. I'm always nervous before they start, and then and then we have them, and it's all it always flows, and it's all love. Thank y'all. Appreciate it. Um, This was way better than I expected it would be. It was too short. <laughs> we 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 gotta. Well, we I was trying to be mindful of of time and uh and we the Zoom will kick. Well, I don't know, Jacob. Do you have? The, are they giving us the? Yeah. Are they giving us the uh, yeah, time we, now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to upgrade. Huh? I had to upgrade for for uh, the organization. So, so, so yeah, we, we so yeah we. We have been doing it, Miss Eno, where we only had 40 minutes because we, we were broke and we didn't want to pay for the subscription. So that's why we was doing it. For, that's why we were rushing it, but we I didn't know. So if I would have known, we could have we kept going. We did a lot. We did a lot. It was we, very good. It was part two coming soon. All of you. It was just amazing. And thank you so much, Tony. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you all very much. And this has been just amazing. Yes. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Um, yeah, I should have uh, ate before we did this. Um, I'm starving now. <laughs> I need to get some day too. Um, come visit Zena, the I will see you tomorrow. Everybody huh? come visit the farm. Come visit us. We're going to be open soon. But even at a distance, you could come by and we could talk to you through the fence. I'll see you tomorrow, Tony. Yes, I'll be there tomorrow afternoon, right? One o'clock? Yes. yes. I'll see you then. Thank you, Ethernet. Take it easy. Uh, Brother Jacob, are you ready for the economy to open back up, man? Yeah, hey, uh, I am. Talk about time to get a tattoo <laughs> and then maybe yeah, go bowling. Haircuts. And then after, yeah, get it. We'll, we'll get yeah. my beard trimmed up, especially around yeah. the mustache, right close to my yeah. eyes and my mouth. Every day. Um, and then after that, probably go to Old Charlie's. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I, you know, nigga, Old Charlie's? Wow! I just what nostalgia! What nostalgia! You just brought back a whole bunch of like mediocre ass food back into my life. Overpriced too. I feel like Old Charlie's was always like more expensive than like Applebee's and shit, but it wasn't no better. No, you know, no better. But when it came to Augusta, that, that was Japan, the man. People was waiting on talk line about for that joint. Look like Costco talk about the today. food system, nigga. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we are not, you know, I don't think that no state in the country has met any of these, uh, you know, the, the measures for returning back to uh, the economy. And yet we are um, going back to to it just j- that. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I don't I don't it's not looking good at all. I don't think that this is we, we by the end of the, by the time this episode comes out, I think we'll probably be over 90,000, closer to 100,000 um, deaths. Um which is just, you know, in a matter of, you know, what, 10 weeks? Uh, yeah, just a not devastating long. Not long. Toll. Um, and I think we, we, we won't know. We're not going to see how many people that, that really is until we go back and can go to do stuff. You know what I'm saying? 
we're not gonna feel it yeah. until we go and back um, outside again and we see that people are missing. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, your favorite spots closed because somebody there, you know, they ran out of money or someone who owns it has passed oh, away due to the let's, virus. Let's pause right there. We gotta this speak because we're talking about food service in this episode, and mm. um, we talked about a little bit about bed style. And people working in the community, people working locally to empower communities through food. Um, Got to take a moment uh, to shout out um, and send condolences to the family of Lloyd Porter, um, who was kind of a Bed-Stuy you know, icon, um, really doing great work to make sure that uh, you know black and brown folks in the hood was getting excellent quality food, healthy food, um, making sure that people had a place to go you know, a, a respite from the busyness, you know, um, teaching me some of the, you know, some of the, the behind the scenes of food service work, because uh, he knew that I was interested and, in, you know, wanted to do that someday. Um, you know, COVID kind of, you know, took, took a local legend, you know what I'm saying? And um, the, you know, like, so so going back when we, when we, uh, he was he was the owner, for those who don't know, the owner of a, of a restaurant in Best I called uh, Bread Love. And uh, so anybody that knows, just you know, uh, that yeah. it was really a community center kind of. Um, and yeah, we're gonna go back to work, and we're gonna go back to play, and we're gonna go back to life, you know, um, after COVID, and there's gonna be people missing, and um, you know, there's gonna be some time for reflection about like, what did we do, you know? Yeah, or, and, and what, what did didn't we, do? we do? Yeah, I think I think yeah, because um, the the beach and the barbershop and the bowling alley ain't worth it. Baskin you know? Robbins, and I, and I mean even for me, that, you know, that I'm 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 wanting to get out and want to do stuff, and like all right, you can't go there, you can't do this, you know. I I, th- I feel like I'm doing too much, al- you know, already. Um, yeah, you, for sure. And all I do is go get uh. You know, every once in a while, I go get yeah, like going to get groceries. That's it. Too many times in a week, I'm like, damn, I went. I got to go back to the grocery store. I'm like, ah, oh, shit. You know. Oh yeah. Um. So I could, you know, talking about going to to the to the bowling alley is just, you know, that seems like a like it's so far off right now. <laughs> um, but you know. But you know, I, uh, as soon as, I, as as soon as I heard, especially being from Georgia, I was hearing that um, the esteemed, highly intelligent governor out there. Uh, you just definitely neither of them things. Um, Governor Kemp was so it's you know so her, making such a effort to quickly open the state up, even though it seems like they had put yeah. so much, the federal government put so much energy and effort into developing, I think it was like 17 pages yep. worth of standards yep. that got to be met before people yep. could open. Nevertheless, <laughs> they just threw it out at the window, okay. opened it up anyways. Yep. Um, I was wondering why, and then our. Uh, was doing a little bit of research and then some of it just kind of click, clicked quickly uh, is that them having to pay this extra six hundred dollars mm-hmm. a week for for the states you know that's coming out of the states budgets um, for them to have to pay that in unemployment is really really messing up the states budgets so they I feel like this is almost like a hail mary for them they're willing to ri- they're willing to risk uh, everybody's lives who they're forcing mm-hmm. to go back to work um, yeah, they're willing, you know, willing to risk those people's lives in hopes that the virus, that, that most people who get it are, are but well, that's already true. So that not enough people who get infected, get sick and have to yeah. go to the hospital yeah. and die. 
um, they're willing, they're hoping that that number is small enough that it doesn't make them go back into lockdown. Um, but either way, let's say let's say that does happen and they don't have to shut the state back down. That's still countless, senseless deaths. Well, they're not countless, but they're senseless deaths that took place all because the state didn't, because the state isn't trying to pay people uh, unemployment and their budget's getting low. But like, dog, figure it out. Figure, this money gotta come from somewhere. It's not worth people dying for. That's for sure. And I think, yeah, I think like the 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 budgets being low. I think that just that uh, all that just also just rattles my. I'm just like, what you know, um, um, you know that that, if that if that's not something the states can do, the federal government should be able to take that on. Why does that federal government isn't? It's it's not. I feel like the the if if state governments were running out of funding for the national guard or i don't know the um right. police right the um, police <laughs> if the states were running out of funding for you know some you know bullshit you know uh, something that makes rich people richer they find it they find it they figure it out they take loans they move money they shift it they 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 figure it out they find investors whatever they need to do some for some reason when it comes to social welfare programs, healthcare programs, education programs, the money is is just so elusive. Um, so like, yeah, that that whole, to me, that whole budget budget crisis is like the the surface argument. And to me, there, there's some. It's it's about a a a, a change in um, a shift priorities. in priorities, a shift of roles for people understanding that I can. I can we can we can have this. You know what I'm saying? They don't want people to get used to yep. understanding that this can be how it can be. You know what I'm saying? That unemployment can take care of you for real in a or or in a in a more real way in between employment. Or that unemployment or unemployment can can count for people outside of the bounds of who we've said unemployment is for people who are quote unquote looking for work people who are who got quote unquote uh laid off or you know the because the rules about who is unemployed change i think that's the the they're worried about people um asking some questions about the structure of the system and I think that's what's what's scarier yep. even than them them budget deficits. Cause niggas been running budget deficits forever. When is when have people had balanced budgets in the U.S.? Which governments have done it? Like on the state uh, level, when the local, like we always been hearing about deficits. So when I mean, why this is a concern now is that it's suspect to me, and we know it's because they don't want to, you know. Pay people to stay healthy. At least the same shit with healthcare. Stay home. I don't want to pay right. you to get well. I don't want to pay because it's handouts. Nigga, I gotta go to the doctor. It's not a handout, nigga. I gotta. Yeah. Like I need to, to buy food. Foolishness. And um, yeah, exactly. And the last thing I that thought about with that is just uh, I heard someone talk about this the other day. But you know, with all these people out of work, it seems like there's a lot of jobs that um, there's a lot, it's still a lot of work that can be done. So once again, the, this great nation not having mm-hmm. the infrastructure to be able to mm-hmm. I, one don't even have the infrastructure for everybody who's unemployed to be able to even mm-hmm. file right. unemployment. Exactly, right. Um, exactly. That, right. you know, that's a whole that's right. a whole another thing. Uh, but don't have the infrastructure to also be able to identify all these people who are unemployed um, and then match them with yeah. some type of career or temporary job right. that would help them do things from contact trace, produce masks, anything. But, that but, they need but to that, that's what I'm now. saying. That's what I'm saying um, though. That right there. 
that like I'm gonna connect the dots. We're gonna we if the government started to do that in a real way across the nation, everybody in the country would be like, oh, this is nice. Well, yeah, you used I, to this. I, I just, okay, when I lose my job, I go to the they find me another. They they help me the government. I go to the office of blah blah blah, and they really help me find something that matches. If they started to, if there was like career, you know, career services that you, you know, that's not for you. That's not for y'all. That's for college niggas. That's for niggas who go to college. <laughs> niggas who go to college can get career counseling. They can get career, all kind of career services out there for niggas who go to college. But if you didn't go to college, you don't get that. Those services aren't for yeah, you. you. You should be ready. You should be prepared. To you be just to gotta win. You just you are at the mercy of this. You're really at the mercy of the system with this. Um... Yeah, there's. I mean, yeah, it's a whole lot of. We're seeing a lot of the cracks in this in this game, and it's just like every day something else. It's crazy. Um, did you did you see that that uh, 35 out of the 40 uh, New York City arrests for social distancing? Out of the 40 arrests that they made, 35 were black people. I did see that, dog. No, no surprise. Um, and then you just see, even seen the pictures and the videos yeah. of the way the police were interacting with the black kid. Uh, actually, I don't know if they were kids, but the black people up yeah. in yeah, so Watch Heights somewhere. Um, yeah, I know. Yeah, I saw that video. Yeah. Watch yeah, Heights. Yeah. yeah, you know, being uh, being violent. Dog got the cats on the ground. Um, you know, all the just know what the police do, and then it's meanwhile, like, bro, they out. You're fighting a nigga. It's wild, dog. You're fighting a nigga because he don't got a mask For on. Not being. You, he didn't socially distance himself from his 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 friends. His friends made the choice. Like we are around each other because we want to be. You, with your non mask wearing, having ass, are gonna enforce it with by less social distance. Like I don't. By literally putting your hands and mouth all or not mouth, but your hands and breath all up on it. It don't it like it, it's like it's like how does this even fit with the whole? But the cracks is coming out. We seeing the cracks. They handing out they in the, they in the park uh, handing out masks to, to white people in Central Park, Prospect Park. Beating up beating up the beating kicking niggas asses um, on the block for for being on the stoop. It's like it's craziness. Awful. Uh yeah. Uh yeah, then I seen too the even like the the oh, this is one picture. I think it was Mark it may be a Marcus Garvey Park. Uh because it looked familiar. I used to walk by there all the time. But it was some park up in Harlem that had it was the gates mm-hmm. was locked, you mm-hmm. couldn't get in. But then um so of course, like where are people gonna yeah. go if they can't, right. you know, if they want to come outside, you know the nigga, these the New York apartments right. are you can only be in right, there but right. for so long. Cool, crazy, right? uh, and not and not to say people shouldn't be going to a party or right. doing this and that, all right. huge gatherings. But this, you know, if people could spread out somehow um, in the park at least uh, and stay to themselves, yeah. seems like that could be helpful yeah. for their for their yeah. health. Um, but you can't. The park's locked yeah. up. So what's the alternative? Kick it with a stoop on your with your homie or walk down the street yeah. with your homie. Um, and instead instead of beating nigga up for not wearing a mask, what if you? Gave just give a nigga a mask. And said, and just leave it at that. Walk away. Here, Be done. I, I see y'all here. What's going on, fellas? Here go some masks. Peace. Remember, six, six feet. feet. I'm out. <laughs> like, it's so it's so easy. Um, No, nigga, I don't want to sit. Okay, nigga. All right. <laughs> all right, bro. <laughs> like, what? Need to. You know, um, 
I mean, so this, this city, you know, they, we we are seeing the cracks in the the, the system. We're also seeing um, they're taking every every. We are going to see capitalism start to um, shape itself, to morph itself, to respond. Or we are already seeing it. We're seeing it in commercials talking about we're here for you. If you need six more months to pay off your loan, <laughs> we'll give you six more months to give us our money. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> Toyota Thon, you know what I mean? Like what? No, we care for you, but don't you know? Like no, no, no. Um, we, we're seeing them morph and shape themselves and 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 narrativize it as if, um, you know, the, the the pharmaceutical companies are ramping up their efforts in wartime to make sure that everybody in the country has what they need. Like no, um, they getting checks for that, and if they not getting checks for that, they by and large are not doing it. Um, there's a story that's come out in New York City, which blows my mind, um, but not really. It's, it shouldn't surprise me at all. Uh, there's a report that came out that Andrew Cuomo, the governor of New York State, is in conversation with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation to quote... Oh, great people. Great. Yeah. Fantastic. Philanthropist. Billionaire. Philanthropist. Um they are in talks with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation to quote unquote reimagine schools. Now, that have they been listening to Make It Make Sense? Now, if they not apparently not, um, because we know <laughs> what Bill and Melinda Gates, uh, we know what the Gates Foundation has been trying to um, get into classrooms. Um, the, the policies that they support, the types of education programs that they support, um, the tools that they uh, control that we would have our students using in classrooms, um, all kinds of conflicts of interest. Uh, they, they came out today with, uh, I guess, like the list of the people who would be on this panel that would be coming, that would, the reimagination panel. I haven't heard about this. Um, I just heard about it right before we started recording. Not a single, not a single teacher. Or a single oh, parent yeah. on the the, the reimagination campaign on that committee. No educators or parents. No no teachers or parents. Um, man, that. But Bill and Melinda Gates get a seat, or you know their foundation people. Um, yeah, man, that reminds me of a couple things I heard here recently, and one's just about this idea of when you're building coalitions. It's like uh, a couple things to take in consideration. One, can people with who are like financially insecure, can they build coalitions with people who are financially mm. secure? That seemed like a, a no. Um, another one is, do we even have, especially as black people, this was black people building coalitions. Like, do we have the same interests as liberals mm. um, and Democrats? Mm -hmm. No, we don't. And the third one is, um, basically like can we build coalitions in like good mm -hmm. faith so more or less like will people be willing to sure it might say it might like a cool idea but then once they feel like they're having to compromise or maybe they're starting their freedoms and powers is being mm -hmm. infringed upon and uh will they still stick with mm -hmm. the coalition most likely mm -hmm. not um and that's from damn kwame Ture and uh damn one other um one other brother and I've definitely okay. forgot his name. Right. Uh, but yeah, that, that's definitely something that this whole um, 
this whole situation reminds yeah. me of. It's like, yo, Bill, Bill and Melinda Gates don't give a fuck about us. Uh, and for sure, don't care about these, you know, these kids and um, in these schools. And then further than that, you know, the the kids growing up in these um, under underserved resource, un, yeah, underserved communities, kids attending these schools. Yeah. Uh, and with all the problems that's involved in that, Bill and Melinda Gates, a, a laptop, the newest technology, mm-hmm. whatever the hell they got, unless they coming in trying to change some yeah. policy. Then they're in policy around funding um, and classroom sizes mm-hmm. and teacher pay. Then we it, who who cares what what they yeah. got to do? Because uh, if you can't, I feel like you got to start there before you start talking about anything else. Um, and then second, the other thing it reminds me of is oh, I heard um, the this author of this book I was reading. Her name's uh, Dr. Ruha Benjamin, but she was saying that basically that we are living in other people's uh, imagination. Mm-hmm. And so, um, for the fact that there's no teachers and there's no uh, parents in this reimagining mm-hmm. group, I feel yep. like is another yep. great example of how people, yeah, hey, dog, they out here imagining yep. and they got some good imaginations, uh, and we not a part of it, but yeah, we are gonna be forced to yep. live in it. Um, Scary. About us, without us, can't be forced, <laughs> my nigga. Um, and yeah, like it, you know, uh, I think we we have this for folks who. You know, Bill and Melinda they're giving up their money. They philanthropic, they're giving up money. You know what? They are actively working to under, uh, undercut, underfund, um, under-resource the programs that black radicals, uh, black feminists, um, uh, uh, revolutionary thinkers, or whatever you want to call it, they are actively working um, to undermine those efforts. Um, so on the surface, they're saying on the top, Bill and the Gates, giving lots of scholarship money. We're going to work with the schools. That shit is the glaze, my nigga. Just because Bill is a fucking dork, just because because um, Elon Musk is a fucking dork, don't get it twisted like these niggas are not fucking evil. Money is if we talk about money as a root, they got the most of it. They got the most roots for evil, and they are they are exactly. they are acting that out. We we I don't know if you heard about Tesla and this whole we're gonna we're gonna leave California if y'all don't let us go back to work. If y'all don't let the y'all don't let our factory open back up. Who the fuck? What? Why is Tesla an essential service, my nigga? No automaker is essential as far as I'm concerned. Right. But like the the flex of I'm gonna leave the the state. That shows you the 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 callousness of these people's calculations. They're not thinking about what's best for the 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 the, the residents right. of the area where this factory is located. They're not thinking about the families at home who might be exposed to X, Y, or Z. Yeah, you think uh you think uh, Elon Musk talked to and somehow communicated did like a little Google Google poll or Google form. Um, to all the employees and ask them if they're yeah. ready to come back to work. Are they feeling yeah. safe? I doubt yeah. it. I doubt Tesla. it. So once again, living living somebody else's yeah, like the, like like the, the the idea that um, because they do this fluff ass philanthropy work, charity work. Um, I, I I saw something today that was like the difference between charity and 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 solidarity. Maybe it was maybe it was some, maybe some other language, but like charity is. Um, what do you need 
here you go. What you need, here you go. So I don't know if it was solidarity or activism or, or the real nigga shit is what you need, here you go. Okay, now let's figure out why the fuck you ain't got it in the first place. That is the level that right. they will never get to. They are they are not gonna go there. Bill and Melinda Gates, Elon Musk, they're not gonna get to the level of how do we get to this place where there's such inequality and such, you know, why why are our schools so fucked up and kids don't have what they need in the first place? How is it 2020 and every kid in New York City ain't had a fucking laptop or, or a tablet? In 2020, Bill. This was that flying cars. Yeah, right? like. Niggas can't, look kids can't but you even get a laptop. We, before y'all didn't think about, oh, maybe we should give every kid in the city a laptop like, be, like before 2020? Right, But right. now we're going to reimagine school. Like now y'all, it's an opportunity to make a coin, a whole lot of coins. The only people who is benefiting right now in this crisis is rich folks. They're increasing their wealth, billions of dollars All a week, yeah. billions of dollars at a time. So, the folks being forced to go back to work and make minimum wage, risking their lives and risking their families' lives. Yo, him, Elon, uh, what, wow. what? Jeff Bezos, Mark Zuckerberg, all of them. The that, that's how you get to this place. You people die. You still people die. That's how you get to. That's how you. That shrewd businessman. That's how you get to be a billionaire. Millionaire. Um, this type of like, like unconcerned, gung ho ass attitude. Okay. Right. Um, but moving on. And um, oh, you want to say something? Else? Yeah. Oh no no no! I was just going to uh, move on to the next thing. I, man, I, I'm so ready to be done talking yeah, about okay. this. We just had but, a solution um, already. I'm saying, but uh, yo, new new evidence keeps coming out from um, Terry Reed, and the most recent. Uh, and if you don't know, Terry Reed is the woman who has who's made the sexual uh, harassment and sexual assault mm-hmm. allegations against um, Joe mm-hmm. Biden. And after her story being uh, denied and she heard be calling a liar, you know, you know mm-hmm. how to do. How these use women? Um, more and more examples are coming out of people corroborating mm-hmm. her story um, from the early '90s from her neighbor. Uh, then they got a, her neighbor came out, basically said that she told her exactly what she said she's saying now. Mm-hmm. Then her they found a clip uh, on Larry King Live with with it, what was her mother who called in was saying mm-hmm. that her daughter. Uh, is having a problem with someone at the Senate mm-hmm. office. What? What she's afraid to come forward. What can she do? And now they found, um, and then her brothers, I believe, have also cooperated. And then they found the uh, court yeah. paper. Yeah, that div- uh, in divorce settlement with her now ex-husband. He and this is back in the nineties. Oh, no, now not, they asked not a him divorce. It was about like a restraining, like a hearing about a restraining. Oh, restraining order. order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, but then they they end up getting a divorce, yeah, right, which right. you know. Probably no surprise if you having to do that, uh, but nevertheless, and then in that restraining order, um, in those documents, he said that she had brought up the allegations, or she, you know, he she had mentioned the what Joe Biden had mm-hmm. did to her. She mentioned to him. Um, so we got four different examples. One in fucking court document of her saying her of her telling people mm-hmm. what happened, and then all of them being uh, cooperating that, and yet. This still is not enough um, to get him up out of there. And then I, you know, I know people heard us saying a lot about Bernie, but yo, even if, even before we even figure out who the next person would be, he he got to go, man. And then they they got to figure out something else. I feel like the whole Me Too movement has compromised all the work they've done up until yeah. this point. 
uh, and, and this is a shame, um, on Democratic Party. They're really no different than the Republicans yeah, it, uh, that was talking shit about Some of these responses that people are making, some of these things that, you know, I, I saw Stacey Abrams, who I, oh, you know, I disappointed to see her um, say what she said about this whole situation. Um, yeah, I'm glad, you know, uh, yeah, it's disappointing to see a lot of people kind of, um, I mean, not surprising, especially some of these poly- career politicians, but, um, you know, I guess people that are new to the scene that you didn't really know how deep in the game, you know, I, I didn't really know how uh, tethered Stacey Abrams might have been to the party. Gives me a little bit more information about it. Um, just because, you oh, know, yeah. her, that that response. Um, because it's a, because, you know, it's attached to a Democratic candidate. Um, yeah, I think I think this is this is hypocrisy. Um, I think, like we said last time, people you can be more politically strategic than saying, um, you know, a vote for X. It means that you're voting anything besides voting for Joe Biden is a vote for Trump. Um, we can be better than that. We can be more strategic than that. Um, I ain't saying I necessarily got the answers. I got some, but I, I can't tell you. But let we can think you just like I can come up with better solutions. You can come up with better solutions than that. We can think through this more deeply than this, um, and we can talk about think about solutions that are not just electoral ones. Because you you see the New York you know the New York State Board of Elections or Democratic Party whoever they just canceled elections. They canceled the primary. Just 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 oh, yeah, canceled it. Primary, I think yeah, they yeah. I think they just now uh, reinstated it, but it's going to be mail in ballots, and they're trying to even figure out now. How are we gonna get mail in? You know this whole controversy about how people are gonna get mail in ballots. Um, you know, like you know, we we you talk about uh, uh, Republicans stealing the vote and restricting the vote, and you, you and then Democrats can't come up with a solution to you know voting during COVID. You know, um, that is suspect, um, and so very. Um, and, and if people are wondering why, uh, even though Bernie suspended his campaign, why it's important for for there to be the presidential primary in, in New York in every in every state uh, that still hasn't voted yet, um, one in part because that's just how democracy work, uh, and then two, the more delegates that uh, Bernie Sanders has once they go to the conven- the Democratic convention. They're able to that equates like more seats they'll have on like one of the mm-hmm. rules committees, um, and then it also gives them more power when it comes to influencing influencing whatever the democrats the democrats uh, like uh, positions policy. are gonna like what their yeah. platform is yeah. gonna be yeah. yeah what their policy platform is gonna be so it is I mean you definitely want them those people there I don't know if it's gonna amount to yeah. much um, but I would much rather have people who are fighting for things like Medicare for all. A green new deal high minimum wage workers rights all that all that stuff um i'd much rather have more of those people at the table than than not so yes it's a big deal um so please stop acting like it ain't yeah um you know we we gonna we're gonna uh i mean hopefully you know people will be come out of this like like with all these other things will come out more politically um knowledgeable because we're you know not not only are we seeing like a political breakdown we we're seeing an economic breakdown we're seeing a, a collapse of the, the the logic and the 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 you know we talk about this, this show is called make it make sense but the like the 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 underlying logic the sense behind a lot of the systems that we depend on is falling the fuck apart you know it's like how does that work again and why does it, why do we do it this way and how come banks and loans and you know all these things we're like 
asking lots of questions about. I mean, we should be. We should have been this whole time. Um, but hopefully, you know, we come out of this with some some real... Um, you, I am hopeful. Because <laughs> uh, it's, cause it's, it's going to take as much effort as anything else has. Um, the powers that be, like I said, are going to take advantage of this moment. So... Um, yeah, they reimagine yeah. it. So they working. They working. They working double time. They got money to to have extra people working. So, um, um, as as to whatever degree we can, I guess for people who have the luxury, people who have the privilege to be in the position to kind of think about um, what's next for you individually, and then what's next for like those those people around you, having those conversations with your community base, your your your, your base of support. Um, you know how how do we do what's next? You know what I'm saying? I, I heard a quote just now before, before we started recording too. A guy said, um, I can't remember who this quote attributed to, um, but if you don't know where you're going, all roads get you to that place. All roads get you to your destination when you don't know where you're going. Um, and so really defining um, like what is it that, you know, what, what's, the, what's, the, what's the target? You know what I'm saying? Um, that conversation we had with Ina and, 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 and Issa, Miss Ina and Issa helped us to kind of frame like we want to we want a more local, more uh, responsive, more flexible, more uh, 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 environmentally sustainable uh, food system. Um, you know, we can outline what that looks like, but then being, being detailed about all these other things. That's food. What about schools? What about um, um, policing? What about incarceration? What about voting? You know what I'm saying? Get into those conversations. Have yeah. them. Uh, have them often. Our lives depend on it. Yeah, then, um, yeah, for sure. As, uh, yeah, and then as we see, definitely more, um, more tragic mm. news over the past, uh, really, some people just find out about all this stuff over the past yeah. week, uh, and then some, two, two of these just happened. Yeah. Um, but you know, with the tragic deaths of Ahmaud Aubrey, Sean Reed, and, um, Nia Pop, man, it always feels like these things happen uh, in, in spurts. Yeah. It feels like they always happen in groups. Um, and, but yeah, I mean... And, and, and we can even add, brother, brother. what's the brother's name in um, Munderland? Uh, I can't remember his first name. Oh. That guy, I mean, and this is... Uh, it's a security guard that got killed in... Yeah. Um, At that Family Dollar joint. Was it Family Dollar? Yeah. At the dollar store. You know, and and that's not you know something that we don't normally just 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 tragedy. You know what I'm saying? That's not something that we do. I guess is it, normally discussed because it's not state violence. You know what I'm saying? Um, um, but uh, Calvin Calvin, Calvin Martin, Martin, Yeah. Uh, just just because his name is, his name is in my head. You know what I'm saying? Because that's just a just a um, that didn't have to happen. And because of and, and you know. We could connect it back to the policy and the society that gets us into a situation where people are panicking in such a frenzy that they had a family dollar and shooting people and all of this. Um, but that's just, yeah, um, wholly unnecessary and, and didn't need to happen. But not state violence like some of these others. So let's talk about those. Um, Ahmaud Arbery. Whoa. Yeah, terrible. Um and having connections to Brunswick, I've probably been in more times yeah, than I ben, count. Ben, 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 uh, um, um, ben in Brunswick, um, yeah, a bunch of times. Uh, I'm from Jacksonville, so it's right up the road. Um, South Georgia is is familiar. It ain't, it ain't, you know, it is what we think, what we know it to be. Um, yeah, it's actually where I'm thinking about uh, relocating and having a farm. 
Um, so this this hits close to home for a few different reasons because it's close to home actually, but it's you know maybe close to what my future home is. I will be a farmer, you know, perhaps jogging or running around or far, riding around um, in the in the backwoods and places. And so um, you know, it, it's it's yeah, it's close. Um, and it's uh, not sh- again not shocking, not surprising, I guess. I heard about it in April, I believe, the end of April, uh, a tweet, um, and I and I yeah. remember saying when it, when it, when I saw, it, I was like, I'm gonna retweet this because COVID is happening and there's all that is going on, but this is a, a, a victim of state violence. What I thought at the time was that you know, I mean, it is it's extra you know ec- extra state or whatever you want to call these as former law enforcement, not current law enforcement, but still the apparatus of law enforcement is why this happened. Um, um, this is not gonna get the press that it deserves. Um, because there's no, there's not that video with it. There's not like there's not that outrage isn't going to come because of what's happening right now, and because um, I remember them saying that they had video, but it hadn't released, and I was like, this is not, this is not going to come out because it's too much going on. Um, and it's sad that these arrests weren't made, charges weren't filed until uh, we see it on video, which is just proof. Yeah, exactly. You know, and and that's right. And this video, they they've been had access yeah. to. So you know, it's not like it, it. It took the video to get them to do this. It, it definitely took everybody. Well, not everybody. You know, millions of people mobilizing and seeing the video for them to finally, uh, finally do something. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm. Yeah, I'm in this place of like, you know, you know, I don't want to see no. I don't want to see black death. I don't want to see people murdered. You know, I don't want to see. I don't even see people seeing the rest. I don't watch. I don't watch cops. I don't watch. You know, world star fight. I don't. You know. Right. I want to see violence. So you know, putting it out there is not some mess. That it shouldn't be viewed, it shouldn't be shared, um, and at the same time, it has to be. Is that true? You know what I'm saying? I'm asking myself that question, right? Like, do we have She's to? Like the way it's currently set yeah, up. Like do it? Like, um, cause it, you know the tweet, the retweet that I, you know, I saw a retweet of his re- that got plenty of retweets. You know what I'm saying? Um, um, and and. I don't know that there was like an attachment to like call the DA from the retweet. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if there was like a oh, call the DA. You know, uh-huh. but 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 even then, like I didn't. You know, when I saw the video, I didn't call the DA. I did not pick up the phone. You know what I'm saying? I didn't. T- I did not individually did not take more action, um, like I maybe should have. Um, if, if, there's a complicated host of reasons why. Right, we do. I do. I believe this is going to do any good. All the other things, but uh, yeah, that it took a video. Yeah, so I'm just I'm just going through them questions in my head, right? Because my friends of mine are sharing it. Um, people saying I don't want to see none of it. I want to see Sean Reed. I don't want to see none of it. But it's like, you know, um, um, kind of like you know Emmett Till open casket. You know what I'm saying? Where it's like I want them to see what they did. Um, yeah, I don't I don't necessarily have an answer for that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if there's, there's a right or wrong way. It's just, just I, we are tired of it. You know what I'm saying? I think that's just I think people are frustrated and tired of seeing it. Um, and having yeah. have um, it happen like this. Yeah, bro, sure it's tough. Uh, it's just, it's real tough. Um, and just be eating at eating at us, no matter you know, especially if you're a black person living in America. Um, even if this, you know, even if you not thinking about it, you know, if you're not consciously thinking about it often, um, it's definitely having an impact on your yeah. body, uh, and your and your mind and your your soul as you just trying to get through everything else going on. 
Um, so with that, man, I just say, please, everybody take care of yourself. Yo, take a minute. If you, we seeing stuff like this, um, you find yourself having conversations about it, man, take a minute, just see how you feeling. Uh, be mindful of, of how you feel yeah. and, you know, be able to name that, write it down, put it somewhere, uh, and just be with it for a little bit because I know me when I heard, um, about all these, I was just trying to like saw it and then try to quickly get back to mm-hmm. work. But, uh, and then I find myself at night trying to go to sleep, just like restless like seeing the video seeing parts of the video mm-hmm. in my head while i was trying to go to sleep um and i think a lot of that is just because i didn't take the time to deal with it throughout yeah. the day um so that's what i'd say to, to everybody man make sure you take care of yourself i know we would like to not have to sit with these things but um yeah. yo, unfortunately they're going on you know we need to do everything we can to end them but in the meantime make sure you're doing what you can do to take care of your mental health um because if they don't if they don't shoot you dead in the street, they're gonna take take years off your life just through stress. Yeah, that's the truth. Uh, so yeah, rest in peace um, to 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 all those who fallen victim to state violence uh, or or extrajudicial violence um, at the hands of of, of state enforcement agents. Um, and and, and Nia Pop for those folks who don't know, um, um, a young woman, trans woman. I'm not sure where. I was going to say Charlotte, but I know there was another trans woman who was just, I just found out about in Charlotte, um, who was who was murdered. Um, uh, Bonilla Pop, trans woman, uh, murdered. Um, so this this trend, we, t- we talked about it last season. Um, we, we, we talked with Hope um, about, you know, the, the intra-racial danger. Um, um, the, this other uh, system of oppression that's at work. You know, we talk about about state violence and cops and, and black folks. Um, but but you know, um, mentioning this, you know, I guess black on black violence to talk about like uh, you know gender violence is 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 um, real and going to continue. And again, we don't want to see it. We don't want to address it. We don't want it to be in our faces. But um, we're not thinking about it. And and and. and Processing it, coming up with solutions, planning for it, understanding, like acknowledging its, its presence in our communities, in our lives, um, and then strategizing how to how to make it better. We, we you know, um, um, you know, we 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 we're not gonna it ain't gonna stop. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. Um, I mean, we we talk about COVID, and if we don't deal with it, if we don't do all the things that we need to do, it ain't going nowhere. Um, you know. This is maybe less immediate, but you know, same shit, yeah, same patterns. Um, yeah, so I think with the, I think we said a lot. Uh, hope you all enjoyed the interview. You know, make sure you check out the description so you can get linked to Woke Foods and um, oh, and you can get uh, get linked to Miss Ina and and her farms, her community gardens. Uh, man, I and I know these states are opening up, but that don't mean you gotta. That don't mean you have no, to go outside. If we don't spend our money, and it's just gonna further send a message that, you know, they can open up everything they yep. want to. If we're not outside, yep. if we're not spending yep. the money, it's all for nothing. It's all because for we because so, we the ones that suffer. Know that. Yep. And we got power. That's it. So make sure you you if you don't need it. Probably not a good time to be out here risking your life, risking somebody else's life buying it. That's it. But uh, stay all right, safe, folks. Stay, hey, stay safe. Stay inside if you can. Peace. Peace.